Welcome back to the hot seat here on utaradio.com, iHeartRadio, Radio FX, and Facebook Live. I'm Micah Call Cole, alongside the Birdman Creighton Brand, and our very special guest from 105.3 The Fan, Parker Hillis. He also ran the UTA Airwaves at one point. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> <It> sure has. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been here. Thank you guys for having me. It's, uh, man, nostalgic walking back <laughs> here and, and seeing this studio again. The studio I work in, I'm, I'm used to being a little bit larger space. Board's yeah. a little bit more, you know, a little bit more spread out. But yeah, no, it's been a blast. Thank you guys so much for having me in here tonight. Oh, we appreciate course. you taking the time to come out here. Anytime. I, I think I forgot it. Did I forget to mention our names at the beginning of the show? <laughs> I've been running. I've been running wild all we, all days long. So I. I, yeah. Look, I'm not that big of a superstar that you need to like nervous <laughs> or anything. Just kind of another Very guy. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but getting right into it, we are going to be talking about the Super Bowl for this segment. Uh, interesting Super Bowl. A lot of torn uh, thoughts about this one. The New England Patriots faced the LA Rams. You could say they deserved it or didn't deserve it, but they were there. The Patriots won 13 to three. Tom Brady ended up with 262 yards, one interception, with the quarterback rating of. I don't have him up for me real quick. Hold on. Yeah, 71.4 rating. And Jared Goff, who uh, had a tough time. 229 yards, one interception with the QBR of 13. Oof. Yikes. That's not. So, Micah, starting with you, I just really I really want to get your takeaways from this game. Uh, what were you seeing? Honestly, for me, yeah, I mean, the first half was boring, but I think the second half delivered, especially the fourth quarter. Tom Brady showed up. And that's what you want to see from a great quarterback, elite quarterback, who just knows how how to live in the moment. He can play big in the moment, and that's what you wanted to see. Thank goodness. Tom Brady's, I'm going to have to say, he's greatest of all time at this point, especially with this Super Bowl, especially with this defense that they had this year. It was probably one of their, their worst Super Bowl team that they've had. It's their worst. It is I think their it was. worst. And, man, if he can pull that off, if he can pull that out of his hat, oh man, he's earned it. He did pull it out. He pulled it out. Oh, of did his you hat. say if or did I said he pulled it out of his hat. Oh yeah, and certainly he certainly did. That's All right, what... Parker, I want to I want to hear your thoughts on this. What 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 happened? What were you seeing? Man, you know what? I saw I saw Bumble, the blind and deaf puppy, <laughs> go out there on the field and lay it all on the line, and I saw Emmett score two first down, <laughs> first score touchdowns. I'll be honest with you guys. This this Super Bowl, I've watched. 24 now I've watched 12 13 that I can really remember yeah and of all the Super Bowls like as far as quality of game this had to have been the worst I, I don't know that I've ever consciously had the thought I may need to take a nap during this <laughs> game or like what else is on my TV on this Sunday night the biggest football Sunday of the year seriously so, but look all due respect to Tom Brady and all due respect to the Patriots for what they've done this was not his best showing they went out there against a team that was fully unprepared to take on a Bill Belichick caliber offense. And, and you know, there are a lot of different takeaways that I pulled from from that game. Most importantly, the Rams just they weren't ready. Bill Belichick showed up. Sean McVay, I know he's kind of been the talk of the NFL. This is the the coach that you want your your new coach to be. Anybody that knew Sean McVay is getting a job opportunity. Sean McVay's favorite drive-through window guy <laughs> probably got interviewed for one or two offensive coordinator positions throughout the league. But 
man, the, the game was a snoozer. I wish it was more of a game that I could sit back and enjoy because I didn't have a rooting interest. It was so hard for me to stay involved, though, because of what we saw on the field. That's totally fair. Okay, before I go, real quick, um, grade Tom Brady and Jared Goff. You go first. What, 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 like for just this game? Yeah, on a scale of A to an F. Oof. Tom Jared Brady gets Goff. what? What's Tom Brady get? Jared Goff. D. What does Tom Brady get? Tom Brady. There you go. I'll give him a B. Okay. Jared Goff? Jared Goff has got to be a D. <laughs> he was not good. Parker? Tom Brady, B minus. Okay. I mean, you know, the numbers were good. They didn't ask him to do a ton. His connection with Julian Edelman is what actually – that was the only offense in the game. But for Jared Goff, my goodness. And I know he's young. <laughs> and I know, like, we've seen two different sides of Jared Goff. We saw the Jared Goff with Jeff Fisher that looked like he'd never thrown a football before. Thought he was a bust. Everybody did. Yeah. But what Sean McVay's been able to do with him is, is admirable. What we saw from Jared Goff in the Super Bowl was the same guy that we saw his rookie year was a guy that didn't know how to diagnose pressure, a guy that didn't know how to diagnose a defense. And what got him was, you know, Belichick knew that if they made changes after that 15 seconds in the play clock cutoff where McVay could be in his headset and could tell him what he was seeing and could kind of read the field for him, we saw that as soon as that power went away, Jared Goff's eyes just became deer in the headlights. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. And he was closing his eyes, bracing for hits that weren't going to be there, he was throwing the ball wide. He was throwing the ball deep, sailing the ball. The 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 throw that sell, that sealed the game was a throw that Jared Goff had no business making, and all he had to do was stand back in the pocket for another half second, throw the ball away, and go out there and do it one more time. But we saw a quarterback that wasn't ready to go, and for that reason, I don't even know. Like I think an incomplete is probably the best grade for him <laughs> because he didn't even do enough to to qualify, in my opinion. He was. He had a really rough time, and um, my takeaway really from this game was one: once again, you know, it doesn't matter if it's 500 yards, you know, breaking the record, or 200, even 100 yards. Tom Brady makes the play when it has to be made, no matter what it is. I think, and you know, you, and when you toss it up to, I, I've been hard on Bill Belichick for a while now. I think that um, he had issues last year on defense, and definitely this year. Uh, I thought I think Tom Brady has helped carry him for a bit. Now, you could, you could argue with me on that, um, but I think Tom Brady has been a big factor in Bill Belichick's career, maybe vice versa. But it's without a doubt, I would say, this is one of the best coach games by Bill Belichick in his career, honestly. I mean, what's up? I, Creighton, I don't know that I agree with you. Oh, and really? I, I don't want to cut you off. No, but you're I, good. When I watch that game, yeah, I like I said, I respect what <laughs> Belichick and I respect what Brady have done. But that was the worst team to win a Super Bowl. Oh, that ever? I've seen the last twenty years. No, it was. Oh yeah, we, but that's the thing about that's the thing. The, the team, like the franchise itself, no. But this year, the the team that won the Super Bowl would not have beat the Saints, would not have beat the Seahawks, would not have beat the Cowboys. The way that that game was played, look, Brady yeah. wasn't Brady wasn't there. Sony Michelle did just enough, but most of his offense came towards the end of the, towards the end of the game where they were trying to just run the ball down the field and, and eat the clock up. Bill Belichick didn't coach a great game. He he basically took advantage of something he knew that Sean McVay was not going to be able to affect, and that was his quarterback after that microphone got shut off. And that in itself is is good coaching, but it's not like it, it's nothing that any other coach wouldn't be able to step in there and do. And because of that, like, I th- I think this was the year that if if you're the the Saints, like not, I, I know you got kick to the side and you yeah. already have all sorts of complaints 
But this was the year, if I'm the Saints, if I'm the Cowboys, if I'm the Seahawks, I'm sitting there looking at that game going, we have a Super Bowl team. We we very easily could have walked in there to Atlanta and left with a Super Bowl victory, and that's why it hurts so much more. Yeah, but here, here's the thing: is like, but so you don't, so you don't think that the Patriots are, that, but that's okay. To that point first, that's what made I think this win for Tom Brady so well. Is this team had no business being there. They have been counted out all season long. Had and, they? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Did you see who who's on their offense and defense? That's besides maybe okay. If you want to give me Julian Edelman, that's fine. Other than that. I mean, there's there's not very many. Okay, there isn't. Can you give me any player that is? Would you consider a high quality player? Offense or defense? Offense or defense other than Julian Hightower. Edelman? What well, other than him? Dante Fine, Hightower, Sony okay. Michelle, Julian He's a rookie. Edelman. He was average. Sony Michelle did just enough this year. He but he wasn't a big factor like some guys are. I I very much disagree. Really, I think Sony did. Pretty so I, where does Sony where does Sony fall on the on the running back? Sony made some pretty big. I think runs Sony Michelle game. was a top fifteen running back this year. Holy cow! Okay, well, especially, well, especially after he got healthy, he was hurt for a good chunk of the season. But when you saw exactly. that team with Sony sure. Michelle on the field, well, they're better, it was a yes. very different team. Julian Edelman, of an impact guy. Chris Hogan didn't do much in this game, no. but don't forget we also have a, a guy like Rob Gronkowski. You mentioned high, but he's talent. on his last leg. Rob Gronkowski's on his last leg. That's fine. But again, you, yeah, I mean, if you're going to ask what offensive players do you know that are effective and that are dangerous, like you've got a bunch of different names that, sure, they didn't have great seasons. But I think we all knew going into this year, like, don't don't tell me that going into this season, eighty percent of football fans and people that knew the game didn't have the Patriots penciling into the Super Bowl. I mean, I you could throw that to Tom Brady being Tom Brady. Seriously, seriously, there's people. I mean, that's that's a that's a big reason why some people picked the, the Patriots, right? And, you know, we, we think too much about, I think, about, you know, when we say Rob Gronkowski, we think of the name, let alone than what he is right now. I mean, he, I think he's a player on his last leg, and he, does, I mean, he doesn't produce like he did back in the day. Now, that, that's really because they don't go to him as much, but it's because he, he's just not, you know, he's just not where he is. He's been hurt, he's been beat up, and that's fine. But you don't think that the, you don't think that the Patriots could have found a way to beat the Saints? I mean, they found a way to beat the Chiefs. If they played the way that they played against the Rams, no, there's no chance. But they would have gotten run out of Atlanta. Well, yeah, but they, I don't think they would have played that way. I think they did what they had to do. I mean, that, and I'm not saying that they played great. They're, they didn't play that great. But they, if they had to play great, I think the moment would have called for it, and they would have done what they needed to do. Sure. I mean, if, I mean if, if if you if you go back and you change the circumstances of everything, obviously we can't sit here and say, you know, given a, a straight up game. Patriots Saints. I'm not going to be able to predict that, yeah, but yeah. what I can tell you is, if it was like that, if no it, chance, if so. the Patriots showed up and Tom Brady played the way that he did, and the offensive line played the way that they did, and the defense, especially after Patrick Chung got hurt, were forced to play the way that they did in the game last Sunday, four or five NFC NFC teams would have walked in there, other than the Rams, and beaten the Patriots team. And I'll even include teams like I said, like the Seahawks and the Cowboys. That had no business being there. But what? But the Rams were the second best offense in the whole league, and they were held to three points. So regardless, I mean, that has to be some part of coaching, not just because the moment was too big for Jared Goff, right? I I think the it whole, all falls it was down all because to of Jared, Jared Goff. Goff because that offense. If you look at the way that that offense operated all year long, yes, Todd Gurley is a dominant running back, and C.J. Anderson stepped in and did just as good, if not better, than what Todd Gurley was doing for a majority of the season, but. The way that that offense worked, the reason it worked so well is because Jared Goff was comfortable in the pocket and because he had Sean McVay reading defenses for him in his ear so that you knew what to prepare for, when to audible out, when to run the ball, when to pass the ball. And we saw a very, very glaring flaw in that Rams offense and Jared Goff especially 
because of the fact that there was one team out there that was smart enough or successful enough in saying, we're going to change things up. We're going to make sure that he's confused. And we saw it work to an absolute T. The Patriots won with probably their C game. Which is, yeah, but so, so, uh, so like, but isn't that the thing with like the coaching? That's, that's how you have to, would you have to say that it was a good coaching performance or whatever you want to call it? It was, it was a somewhat great game plan because they took him out of that element. They were able to completely exploit what he can't do. It was smart. I can't go so far as to say it was great coaching just because that's something that was so glaringly obvious. To be honest, I have no idea why other teams didn't expose it. And I have no clue why Jared Goff, like, wasn't able to, overcome it if it was exposed it it wasn't great game planning it was just capitalizing on the one thing that you knew was going to work and a basically a calamity of things for the Rams falling into place for you the Patriots could play a much better game and I don't want to take away a Super Bowl for them because they want it they get the ring they get the trophy they get to say that they were the Super Bowl champions this year but this was a really really bad Super Bowl game they beat a really really bad team in the Rams that night that wasn't the same Rams team we've seen all year, and I don't want to give them too much credit because I've seen them play. I've seen the Patriots play so much better football. They stumbled into the Even Super Bowl. Even San Diego, win. that game, they played a lot better in that game, off at least offensively. Yeah, I'll, I'll give okay. I'll give Belichick credit for game planning against San Diego. I can't give him credit for game planning <laughs> against a team that was as bad as they were in the Rams that night. I give uh, I'll give Jared Goff you another know, segment. I'll give Jared Goff a. Ooh, I'm probably gonna give him an F. Because that, that just wasn't, he he was everything that I thought he would be, as in the sense of uh, when he came into the league, I thought he was going to be a bust. He's clearly turned out to where he can play in the pros, obviously, but um, la- the last week, I give him an F. And Tom Brady, somewhere around a B, because he was, was he the, was he the best he's ever been? Obviously not, but he, nonetheless, he won the game. Last points, anybody, before we get out of here? I think I'm good. All right, perfect. Uh, coming up. We are going to be talking about this Mavs trade, Micah. I know you got a lot of oh. things going on about this one. Uh, a lot of thoughts. Parker, I'm curious to hear what you got, too. <laughs> I got a lot of thoughts, too. Be oh, ready. man. It's going to be fun to hear this one, then. This is the hot seat. You listen to utaradio.com. Welcome back to the hot seat here on utaradio.com, iHeartRadio, Radio FX, and as always, streaming live. On Facebook Live, working might I add. Check out Micah Cole for the Facebook Live stream. We have the Mavericks score going up right now. I don't know what the score is. We never check it because every time we do, they lose. We're 52-46 at the half. Let's hope it I stays. I prepared. Mavericks? <laughs> Mavericks are leading, yes. Ah, hopefully it stays that way. Luca's got 13-8-7. Perfect. So, Perfect. It's a typical uh, Mavs game. Anything? Typical Mavs game. Should I expect anything different from Luca? Hopefully, hopefully that we... Uh, Keep the curse broken, and they don't blow that game again like they always do. As well, long as you guys don't say anything, we're that's, good, right? That's true. Like, that's I can walk in here and it, it will be okay. <laughs> now <laughs> you will you'll never have me on again if now they lose. <laughs> if they lose, you're done. Look, you're out. You're gone. I understand. I can't. I, get it. I can't take any more losses. We're not going to be in the playoffs. Wait, we're already at out. At the end but... of the season, <laughs> huh? When the season's over. That's right. But sticking with the Mavericks here, a uh, little <laughs> trade happened last week. So the Mavericks. Uh, gave away some of your favorite players, actually, Mike. <laughs> Dennis well, Smith Jr., yeah. DeAndre Jordan, and uh, Wesley Matthews. Thank the Lord. Oh, yeah. And two okay, future first-round picks for Courtney Lee, Christos Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Trey Burke. Micah, you have been very vocal about this trade for the past week. Um, 
Was it a good trade? I expect concern with it because of the injuries, but or the injury concern, the ACL. But from my sources here next to me, he was telling me that he's Don't name your healthy. sources. <laughs> Don't ever name your sources. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to throw you under the bus. No, there, you're good, partner. man. But from my sources, uh, I have been told that he is fine. He would be clear to play. But they just wanted to get better body strength and get ready to go for next year. And something that came out, I believe it was yesterday, Mark Cuban came out and said, we want to make sure we don't make the same mistake we did with Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki. We want to make sure to sign Luka and Porzingis to long term. And Porzingis is fully on board with that. And that made me feel a little more comfortable with this trade, knowing that first off, he's fully healthy. He's ready to go when he's ready to go. Yeah, And Mike and Creighton, I'm sure you saw this. Mike, I saw your Facebook post right after it happened, and I had to, I had to learn you just a little bit, and man, it it was all in love. Because here's the deal, you I know a lot of people, especially right off the bat, saw those two first round picks and saw Dennis Smith Jr. and, and a young twenty one year old ninth pick overall last year, and thought, oh dear lord, you just gave away you know the future of your franchise, or at least a chunk of it, for a guy who has a bum knee and at his best in. Just three, basically three years of playing with the Knicks, averaged 22 points and seven boards, which is good, but there are still a lot of questions. Christoph Porzingis is the unicorn, but has he truly proven everything? And you know what? Just to kind of quell those fears, look, Kristaps could play right now. Medically, he's fine. And you know, I've got people inside the organization that are telling me that the entire basis of him sitting out this last third of the season is solely because they want to prepare him for his future. They know he's a 23-year-old kid. They know he's seven foot three, and typically guys that are that big that are forced to run the floor and do the things that he's asked to do, they don't hold up. Think Greg Oden. They don't yeah. want Chris Stops to be the next Greg Oden. So, as opposed to throwing him back out there on the court, as valuable as that might be to get him reps with Luca and to get him kind of in the fold here with the Mavs, you can still kind of do those things in practice, but also build his core and build his strength and build his ability to be a part of this league and hopefully a part of this team for five, six, seven, ten years to where, like, look, Porzingis has been an injury problem for his entire career. I want to say, you pull up his numbers, he's played in 189 games and he's missed 110. Yeah. That's scary. It's really, really scary. And you've auctioned off a ton uh, of your franchise and a ton of pieces for that guy, plus guys like Hardaway and, and Trey Burke and Courtney Lee, who are all good role pieces. But Kristaps for Dennis Smith Jr. was the crux of that trade. And I'm confident that the Mavericks would not have made that deal if they didn't, A, have the assurances that Kristaps was healthy, but B, knowing full well that he wasn't going to play this year and that he's going to be a restricted free agent in this offseason, you don't make that trade if there's not an assurance that he's going to be here for a while. You don't just give away a talent like Dennis Smith Jr. And, and for first-round picks. Exactly. And, that, and Honestly, that was my biggest concern with this trade is those two first-round picks because we've done well the last couple of years with drafting in the first round. we got Luka and DSJ. Well, but remember, where did you draft those players? You drafted one at nine, mm-hmm. and yeah, you drafted true. one at five that you traded to three. And if this all goes and well, what? that 2022 and 2024 pick are going to be picks... 25, 27. <laughs> and and what names what names can you throw me out from the Mavericks drafts when they drafted after, I don't know, 18th overall that None are still a part no, of the team? Draft very well. The Maurice Agers and Dominique Jones and, man, that's about the only two names that I can come up with off the top of my head. Shane Larkin. But yeah. he was even like 17, 18, 19 in that range. The hope for this Mavericks team is that you traded away two first-round picks 
but you're going to be a playoff contender, if not a top four contender, by the time those picks even come up. So that that's an afterthought. If if for whatever reason you're trading away lottery picks with those deals, this whole thing fell apart, and you got bigger problems to deal with. <laughs> that would be that'd be awful if everything we've given away and we still end up being a lottery pick. Because granted, the team's obviously better this year. But it's not like they're they're making like leaps and bounds better. I mean, they're still they're still finding struggles. Uh, do I think it was a good trade? Yeah, I think it was a trade that needed to happen. I seriously do. And um, Micah, you said we gave up too much on Facebook, which was interesting. But I don't think I don't think we gave up too much. I think we gave up what we needed to give up. Honestly, I mean. DeAndre Jordan was having a great year this year, but who's to say he was going to have one the next year well, or the year after that? So, or, or that he was going to be here. Yeah, because exactly. there's, there's no guarantee he's so that he stays. Washy. Hold on, let me finish. Okay, and okay. Uh, okay. yeah, you, you don't. You, we didn't know about that. And with uh, the first round picks, as y'all were saying, I mean, who knows where those are going to end up? And if you're if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing or what you think is going to happen, those will be completely irrelevant. They won't even be. They'll be so high it won't even matter. And Dismith Jr. was great and everything, but. One thing we know about Lucas, he likes to play point a lot. Luca likes Luca likes to play point, and if you're gonna have to pick a player to to build your future around, you're picking Luca as of right oh, now. Yeah. This, this is a great player, but you're picking Luca, and if you can get Kristaps and have someone down there, um, not saying to really replace Dirk, but to have a presence down in in you know in the front court. Uh, that's huge, especially with the guy that can really shoot the ball, handle the ball like a—I mean, you know, like a guard. It's incredible, and he's seven three. And I think this also helps our team because we got younger. We kind of did with like leaving DeAndre, kind, but that's that's a big part because DeAndre's in the starting lineup. You know what I'm saying? And so I think we got a little bit younger. And Wesley Matthews, awful. You know, he's—it's well, just—it's just, it's just you been, got the younger version of him in Hardaway <laughs> Jr. It's well, yeah, gonna be but, a guy that shoots way too much that you're gonna grow, and half yeah. the time he throws up a three, but. He's younger. Well, to me, he can I, move a little bit better. He doesn't play quite as good a defense, but he's at least a guy that you can mold maybe and have an opportunity to be more efficient. To me, or I, I would just I wouldn't even bother with those players. I'd give them up. You can get. I, I mean, why why do we need to keep them? Oh, because Hardaway is like twenty four, twenty five, and he's proven that he can score nineteen, twenty a game. If you can rein that shot number in from about nineteen to about twelve, but you give Luca the opportunity to create better shots for him. Look, he's players like that. Players like Burke had been trapped in a really bad Utah system for a while, yeah, no kidding. and then he got moved to New York, and yeah. that, that That's was a even black worse. hole. That's even worse. Hardaway has been in a very similar situation. I want to say he started in Atlanta and then moved to New York or, or, or has been in New York. He's never been given an opportunity. When he's the guy that you're relying on to score points and you're forcing him to shoot 19 to 25 shots a game, yeah, he's going to turn into a volume shooter that can <laughs> either shoot you into or shoot you out of a game. Bring him here with a guy like Luca, who we know finds open passes no matter who they're to, no matter what situation he's in, he's going to get these guys in a good position to score. They'll play really well off of Luka. And look, I know we don't have a ton of time in the segment, but <laughs> let me just throw this little nugget out there. Maybe we can talk about it a little bit later on. Okay. Maybe it's just something to chew on. Don't think that the Mavericks are done this year. Oh, heck no. There's I mean, a couple other moves, and I've got one in mind very particularly. I, I would hope they are. <laughs> that could make this team really good, maybe not playoff bound this year, but could set you up to be an absolute contender next year. Period. So my, okay. Okay. I'll take. I will. Like I will take who. you on that. And if everything goes wrong, I'm blaming you. That's fine. No, <laughs> okay. do it. Do it. Okay. And look, if everything goes wrong, you can blame it on me, and I'll put all the blame on the front office. I'll put the blame on Carlisle. Perfect. I'll put the blame on Donnie. I'll put the blame on those guys. But I feel like you're in a really good spot as a Mavs fan. So where? Um, so do you think that Wesley Matthews 
should still be on the team or like would be a better asset on the team? Uh, the Mavs? Yeah. No. Oh, okay, goodness, good, no. good, goodness, good. No. Okay. I, I was tired of seeing Wes night in and night out. <laughs> He's a buzzkill, man. It was so tough to watch him jack up and miss. And, and try. He was trying to be the secondary scorer on oh, this team. Yeah. And he had no business being that. And the thing with him is that, I mean, by the end of the night, he's putting up, you know, 18, 19 points, but he's so inefficient. So he's doing it on 30 shots. Yep. Get ready, get ready for that with Hardaway because we're going to see a grow, we're going to see some growing pains and it's going to well, look hoping, similar. I'm hoping Maybe. he's not playing as much as, what the, as Wesley's minutes. Seriously. Early on, he won't. I mean, right now, I want to say he's taken nine shots already through halftime. He's got eight points. <laughs> he came off the bench. Get used to that. But again, Wes was 33 coming off an Achilles tear. Hardaway is like 24-25. He's still on the upslope. You've got time to groom him. And look, we could look back, and that could be the steal of this trade. I, I know Porzingis is yeah. a massive name. you got a 23-year-old legitimate case for a superstar. You traded away Dennis Smith, who's a guy who still had a ways to go. Hardaway could be the steal here. So you so you, you, you want to keep these guys, you, all of them? Uh, I'm okay you're getting rid of long term. Okay. I'm okay getting rid of of Courtney Lee. Okay. I mean, you're stuck with the contract of of Hardaway for a couple I love of years. Tim but Hardaway I'm okay Jr. with it. I love Tim Hardaway Jr. But I'm not like to the point where like I'm sold on him to like if he doesn't show me anything in the next year, I'm done. That's, and that's fine. Yeah. But I think you have an opportunity to grow him into something, and he he has an opportunity to be a steal. We'll yeah. obviously see, you know, year two, three years down the road. But look, if you're concerned about this Mavs trade being a fail for nah. for your team, no chance. Both teams got better. I still am maybe a little biased. I think the Mavericks <laughs> won this thing, and I think it's I a think home so run. too. I think so too. Last point, Cod. You got anything? I th- you were I'm just say glad something. Wesley Matthews' contract is out of our hair. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 I've been campaigning for that man to lose his job for a long time. I wouldn't go that far. I love him as a human, but well, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. You know no. what I mean, though. But I'm just saying, he like, had no general. business being on the court with the Mavs. I'm, absolutely. I'm right there with you. No, no, don't worry. I'm not questioning his presence as a man I'm questioning, <laughs> I'm questioning his presence on the court well now that that's on taken care of we on can the court. we can get out of this segment up next we're gonna be dipping into some more basketball but college basketball the wooden award top 20 came out i think a guy got snubbed in duke um we're gonna we've been we talked about duke way early in the season i want to reassess that and also who are legit contenders as we're coming down the stretch in the college basketball season real contenders micah not anyways <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. That is up here Real on the contenders. hot seat. You're listening to UTARadio.com. Welcome back to the hot seat here on UTARadio.com, iHeartRadio, Radio FX, and Facebook Live. I'm Micah Cole alongside Creighton Branch and Parker Hillis. Doing good so far. Yeah, we are. That's right. And I feel like I haven't been here as long as I have. We're already like 30 minutes into this It goes thing. by fast, man. <laughs> it really does. It, really, it honestly does. And with G, with each minute, the Mavericks blow another lead here on the radio. When we, what's it? We still in halftime? We talked uh, for a bit. I want to say third quarter just got underway. I can pull it up so that you guys don't have to worry about that. Don't jinx you guys. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, 54-46. Mavs still oh, in the lead. We're still so we're good. good deal. Good deal. All right. Good, getting good, right good into going. the basketball still. We're going to be talking about a little bit of a college the Wooden Award Top 20 came out. Uh, the two highlight players, obviously, are R.J. Barrett and Zion Williams, uh, Williamson. But one player that did not get on the Top 20, which I am actually confused about, is Cameron Reddish, honestly, Micah. Uh, the third player, which is unfortunate. He is such a good player, and he just kind of gets overshadowed because he is the third player on Duke, which is crazy that they have that roster. But That is a ridiculous roster. I know. <laughs> it, it, I, I just think he got a little bit snubbed. Um He's going to be a great pro player, but that was just—I just, I just wanted to say a that real quick. Right? Oh yeah, 
Oh my god. I mean, I mean, they, yeah, exactly. They, they have so like amazing freshmen, and they're so we're okay. Coming down the stretch here, we talked a little bit about these guys at the beginning of the season <laughs> after their first win against Kentucky, which uh, Kentucky's found their way back. But uh, we we both said that we forgot they are all eighteen year olds, and both said that they would uh, probably not lose a game this year, which I thought they had a legitimate shot. Um, but we forgot that they were one year removed out of high school. And they're also if that. human, too. Yeah, and they're 18. Yeah, Playing, and they're 18. If, you know, having the most national news I think anybody's had in a long time. Probably since LeBron, honestly, seriously. As, as much as Zion has been covered, even just on social media alone, with the presence of social media being covered alone on that. And so, going down the stretch here, I want to get your y'all's takes a little bit on this Duke team, where we are now. Do you think that these guys are still as formidable as they were or as they seemed uh, in the beginning of the season, or can somebody beat these guys? Micah, I want to hear you first. Look, forget those two losses. I think they're still about as good as we expected them to be. Yeah, they're not undefeated. Let's throw out the window because, you know, what's the likelihood that's actually going to happen? It got pretty close to Kentucky in I know, in right? 15. <laughs> that, that Kentucky game was very, very, very convincing, but it's going to happen. You're going to have a game where you just don't play up to where you're supposed to be and look they still have a lot of quality wins i mean they have texas tech they have virginia and florida state i mean and then you obviously have kentucky and auburn and gonzaga i mean what more can you want these guys oh, yeah, they lost to gonzaga my, my bad yeah that but gonzaga is a really good team and the only loss a really good team a, a, a field goal two points yeah seriously um i i still actually no before i go parker i want to get your take on this uh duke you know, this year has just been completely seen as the kings of basketball. Are they still there, or can somebody beat them? I think they're very beatable because we've seen it happen. Yeah, okay. But what you need to happen is you need an injury. And I, I yeah. think for all for all the talk of how good Zion Williamson is and R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish, they got a guy playing point guard named Trey Jones. And mm-hmm. you saw when he got injured, I believe it was the Syracuse game, yeah. he went out and their entire game changed because you didn't have a guy that could get – Williamson or Barrett or Reddish the ball. You didn't have like those guys are really really good, but they're still developing in their ability to yeah. create for themselves. And I think we all saw how key a guy like Trey Jones is to that mix. So if if he goes out, I mean maybe you can you can fill in if you lose Zion for a couple games. If you lose Barrett, if you lose Reddish, that's the cog that makes this whole thing go and I'll be honest, unless you see another injury there, I don't know that there's anyone that will beat Coach K and yeah. that roster come tournament time, but Look, funny things. You happen. found the blueprint for it. Yeah. It's a blueprint that you really can't control if you're any of the other teams <laughs> playing against them. You like you got to hope. You got to hope for a lot of things going on inside their organization and with you know the the way that bodies work and physics work and all those things. But for the most part, like it, that Duke team is a monster. Oh, and it's incredible. I talked about it at the beginning of the year. I know the the whole idea of oh could Ala- we hear this could Alabama football beat the Cleveland Browns yeah. every year? That's silly. Yeah, that's thank you, but, thank you. <laughs> but I'll be honest with you. You look at the way that this Duke team is set up, and you've got three guys that are about to be top five picks basically in yeah. the NBA draft, plus role players that have the ability to step in and will have an opportunity to play in the league. Like as bad as the Wizards, the Cavs have been in the NBA. They I'd could- love to see. I don't know that they're going to win that game. But you're at least going to see a competitive matchup between Duke and Cleveland. They you would may call give, me crazy yeah. no, for no, it. No, 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 no. They would give Cleveland a run for their money. But basketball is a very different deal. <laughs> when you've only got five guys on the court, and for Duke, three of those five are likely going to step into the league and average yep. 18, 19 points <laughs> and, and be a massive part of a team. decent teams. This is a whole different animal, and this is a team that come tournament time is going to be almost impossible oh, to stop. That's incredible. Um, 
that that's a good point about Jones. A lot of people don't realize how important he is to that team. That dude's a straight up baller. And he's gonna find himself, I think he's I mean, he's gonna not he's not gonna be as NBA ready as these other guys is, so he might have to take some time, but I mean, he's going to be able to play on a roster in a couple of years. I think I think he's got the skill. And his brother, Tyus, is not, you know, he's not the most well-known player in the league, but he is on a roster, and he can contribute some key minutes, I would think. And so the, the Jones family's done really good, and Trey does not get enough credit. And that's not that's not because anybody's given him unfair credit. He's just shadowed by three incredible freshmen that no one, you know, and that's the thing about Zion Williamson. If he comes in, when he comes into the league, he will be the second heaviest player. And it's not, it, it, you know, and it's not like he's fat. This dude is Full muscle. At he's two, a tight end. Yeah, he's a tight end exactly, playing basketball. At 285. It's inc- I've never seen anything like it. Well, we have. We've seen it once. Oh, LeBron? And, and it was LeBron James. Okay, and yeah. I don't want to compare they're, Zion's yeah, talent to LeBron, players, but yeah. that body type, that style of play, that bully ball where he's going to just get the ball wherever he wants on the court and be able to run you over every single time, doesn't matter what position you play. Like That's the body type that we're seeing with Zion. I will say, though, guys, I know we've given a lot of love to Duke here. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of this season the Wooden Award doesn't go to a Duke freshman. Who do you think? Give me John Morant. Okay, I'll give you that. That's okay. Murray State, 26-12, and 12, I he, believe, is what he's averaging. He's come he on here. straight-up basketball he may, player, but he, is, he scores He so may much. not only win the uh, Wooden Award, he may be your number one overall pick. You really think so? I think Ooh. he has an opportunity to He's going to be right that. there. He's going to be right there. His game's going to transition very, very well is, though, to the, the NBA. The thing is, though, is that can you pass up on a once-in-a-generation player like Zion? I mean, that's the thing. It's, like, it's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough for a team to look at and be like, do we give... I, now, I think they can... I think they really can, um, but can you look at it and be like, if we give this guy up and he ends up being what we think he's going to end up being, I mean, can we live with that? And now I do think that you can pick him over, you know, Cameron Reddish or R.J. Barrett. I think that's a, a formable, you know, choice over. But Zion is just, as you said, we've only seen it one other time. But again, these guys don't come around often. No, we've seen that body type, and that's that's my biggest concern with Zion. When we talk about a guy that's that big, we talk about his name, we talk about how talented he is. Yeah, like a lot of that is just because he's able to dominate little kids that he's playing against <laughs> when you step into the nba is this guy going to be able to do the things that you have to do to develop your game in the nba or is he going to turn into jaleel okafor and be a guy i hope not it's big enough to tell you was big enough to dominate in college yeah. but now you see him on an nba court and all he does he is stand can't. down in the post and is not able to create for himself so you may be you may not be passing up on a once in a generation talent you may be passing up a once in a generation body yeah and NBA front offices are going or front offices are going to be very keenly able to, you know, determine which one of those he is by the time they've seen enough of him. I think the uh when the pro combine happens, I think we'll learn a lot about him there. Because he's obviously gonna have great physical stats, but when they when they go in the five on five drills and everything, I think you're gonna learn about a lot about him there. Um nonetheless though, that man, the way Coach K has recruited those players in the Duke team, because honestly, any any other draft, RJ Barrett would be going first. Zion Williams would be going first, and you can make an argument that Cameron Reddish would be one or two in any other draft. But, I mean, the fact that they're all together, and they've all decided to come and play together, I think is phenomenal. And I don't know if you'll... It's it's hard for me to believe that you'll ever see that again, as in a sense of players, you know, one, two, and three, saying let's play together, um, because you know they all want the shine. But yeah, going on forward, uh, other than Duke, is there really anybody else you think could contend for this title? Like, like, at least have a shot. Maybe not win, but have a shot. I think a team like Tennessee that has a bunch of athletes has go. the opportunity to do that. But that, the only way you're going to beat Duke is be able to beat them yeah. athletically, but also be smart enough to outcoach Coach K. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's a combination possible. that I don't know that you're going to have any opportunity to find. I, I don't. This 
when we look back on it, this completion and this group of talent that Duke has put together alongside Coach K may be the best team that we've ever seen. I think it is. I mean, I'm, I'm already And yeah, we there. said that at the beginning of the season. Just co- be. college level. I mean, because there's a thing, because the thing with those guys is if, if you know, it's kind of like the Warriors. Um, you're not really beating them, like you said, other than an injury or if they just don't want to play. If they want to play, it's over. It's it's too easy for these guys. Micah, do you have anybody you think can contend other than maybe Gonzaga? I mean, they already proved it. They're the only team that has legitimately beat them at full strength. They, they kind they're really good, but I think they. Um, That's I don't really want to say they dwindled. Team. I don't want to say they dwindled, but they came back a little bit. Um, they're still really good, but the team, honestly, after watching them so much this year, um, the team that I'd be most intrigued with seeing them. May match up with Duke in the national championship is Tennessee. I just think I think do I think that they would win? Heck no, I don't think they would. But I really think that Rick Barnes. I think Rick Barnes is a phenomenal coach. As you, as you saw, he's telling Texas go you know screw off because uh, that that hurts. Anyways, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I think he's a phenomenal coach. Not not to the likes of Coach K, but I think those guys can really make a good game and. They got players everywhere too, man. Tennessee does, and it's a team unit there. I like that, but nah, Duke is, as you said, is just a monster. And we might have bought into the hype a little bit too much coming, which I, I I don't mind saying I did coming into the season. But it was very hard to when they you know go up against Kentucky the first the first game, and Kentucky has the number two recruiting class just behind them, and they're beating these guys by forty. And but that just shows you when those guys want to play. It's 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 just too hard, and we'll have the opportunity to see that again come tournament time. Exactly. Once things really get turned up, once you see the coaching angles and, and the way that the game is played change, yeah. you're going to see them run through some really really good teams, uh, and the only thing that's going to get in their way is themselves. Exactly, and uh, that's that's the issue right there. Is is will these guys, these 18 year olds, be? And I don't think we've seen it that much this year. Be phased by the moment, but you, as you know, the tournament's just a whole other animal compared to. Regular or you know away games. All it it's, takes it's one just, bad game. That's really all. Yeah, because it, you know you're not playing series. You're playing one game, and that's all it takes. So they slip up. It could be over. I don't think it'll happen. I think Coach K is good enough to have these guys disciplined to keep it going. But we'll see. I mean, it, this is without a doubt, y'all. I think y'all both can agree on this. This is one of the most like not just talent wise, but just story wise, one of the most intriguing teams we've seen in a long time. Just because of just what's there. I mean, oh, certainly the backstory behind oh, all. But the fact absolutely. that you've got three freshmen that are about to go. And be a top five, be top five picks. Yeah. As good as Duke's recruiting, and as good as the players that they've that they've brought Never through that like franchi- or that that I don't say franchise. Through it that might program, as well be. That's basically what it is. <laughs> that this is so far and away different than anything we've ever seen. We're likely never going to see it again. No, never. And it's not to mention good, the role players good. like White, and we mentioned you know Jones is a starter. I mean, all those guys. I mean, on the bench, ah, it's in, it's incredible. And the two centers they have, but yeah, no, I. I have to say, hats off to Coach K. Uh, this is I loved uh, the Jalo Local Four team in fifteen, but this is now like one of my favorite teams, and I think they're better than that team. But I hope Zion does not become a bust like Jalo Local Four because I vouched really hard for that guy. I really it happens, did. man. And he had he happens had, to the best of and us. And he was a great offensive player. And I'm just now that you mentioned that, I'm like, oh god, I hope that doesn't happen. But that's all the time we have for this segment here on the hot seat. Up next, it's our greatest of segment as we always do, entering the second hour of the show, Micah. I want to know what your top three Super Bowl halftime shows are. Parker, I want to get yours too, because there was a controversy about how good this one was. <laughs> That's coming up here on the hot seat. You're listening to utaradio.com. 
lessons on blessings on blessings. Look at my life. Welcome back to the hot seat here on UTARadio.com, iHeartRadio, Radio FX, and as always, streaming live on Facebook Live. My name is Creighton Branches. Forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, sometimes we get excited here. Man to my left, as always, Micah Ka Cole. How is it going, Micah Ka Cole? Going pretty well. Second hour in. Wait, already? Already. Already? Already. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Parker had to leave. Has to go do job, make some money. Don't we all? <laughs> well, all right. Gotta take care. So of the we wife understand. Too. We completely understand. The He's what? The wife too. Really? Yeah. Hey. He's married. Okay. So, huh. Interesting. I didn't know that. He said his wife called. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's got stuff to do. But so I'm so glad it, he was able to come in, and I'm sure you are too. I mean, that was a great experience to get in. Right. Um, sports personality out there. <laughs> so, the Duke team didn't have any controversy about if they're the best or not. We clearly had no controversy about that. But one thing we did have controversy about <laughs> was the Super Bowl halftime show. Maroon 5, Travis Scott, big boy, just a big mumble jumbo of things. Uh, this oh, is no. still, we're still dealing with sports, but I wanted to take this a little outside the box. Um, I, I still think it has to do sports because, I mean, it's Super Bowl halftime shows. Right. I still it's think still, it, it's still relevant. I still think it is too. And, um, we're going to save the halftime show here on utaradio.com in the hot seat. So, Micah, we'll I want to know we'll give them your, top three, your top three Super Bowl halftime shows of all time. Of all time. So, even if I didn't know. Yeah, because you okay. can watch them on YouTube now. So well, yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah, no, so, no problem. So Super Go Bowl, ahead and give me also give me an honorable mention if you have one. Super Bowl 39, Paul McCartney. Really? Yeah. Three? Yeah. Okay, okay. Three. Number two. Super Bowl XL, whatever that means. I'm guessing that's 40, right? That'd be, good job! 40! Cos's been struggling with his Roman numerals for the past week. I've been trying to teach uh, no, him. Good it's job! It's so confusing! <laughs> and so anyways, continue. The Rolling Stones. Okay. That was an interesting one. Yeah, it was a pretty interesting one. Number one, Super Bowl 43, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. That was your number one? Are you a Bruce Springsteen fan? Sure. Huh? Sure. Wait, 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 remember, wait, what do you mean, sure? Are you or are you not? You just I just that's... remember it being a good halftime show. Oh, no, okay. Say that, though, because it sounded like you're like, I don't no. even know who this guy is. I just looked him up online. And you Based look cool. on the 15 minutes or however long the it's, Super yeah, Bowl you're halftime right. show. I think it's actually more. I don't know. It's, We'd it's have more? to look that up. It's got to be. It's got to be, right? I know it's longer than a normal halftime Right? It's got to be because they can't perform in 15 minutes. No, All, they do like no six or seven songs, and they do about two minutes per song. I mean... Or three. I mean, there's no way it can be 15. It's got to be like 18. It's probably, yeah, 20, somewhere in there. But he was, he, it was a good halftime show. Absolutely. All right, you have an honorable mention before I go? I actually don't. Oh. So okay. You can go ahead. If you okay. got one, though, feel free. I don't know how much flack I'm going to catch this. I know my number one won't catch flack. Um, probably my number two won't catch flack. I don't know about my number three. Okay, so my number three was two years ago. Houston. Lady Gaga. Oh! She is. I don't care what you say. Hey, I don't care bad, what you say. She is. She is a great showman, and she can actually sing. Unlike most people we've seen in the Super Bowl, and she put a lot of effort and time into her uh, craft and that show, and it was almost perfectly choreographed. And not to mention the breakdown where she played the piano and she said, "Hey, mom and dad," and she flew out from the top of the building and came down, and you know. It was uh, in the fire, and she played a couple instruments, um, besides piano, obviously. You already heard me say that. 
that was one where that was one where I you know I after I got done, and I was like, whoa, that was pretty good. Number two, back in the nineties, Michael Jackson, the first oh, actual official halftime I show. About that one. Yeah, you clearly did. The oh, first halftime show, really, that was officially too. sanctioned by the NFL. They used to do um, marching bands, but then they picked up Michael Jackson. And if you, have you ever watched the video? No, you got to check out the performance. It's so cool because I think he's going to come from one side of the stage, and he doesn't. No, 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 no. He, what he does, he does come from one, the front of the stage, but he, they think he popped up in the corner of the stadium, but it's actually <laughs> not him. It's so cool, and he, and he, you know, he, he flings up under from under the stage, and there's fireworks everywhere, and he just stands there for like freaking like three minutes i mean and everyone's like what is going on and you know where is he coming from? what no where no no they knew from? he was there like he was there he was just like he was like this he was like just straight up like this i wish i could show you the video right now but we're talking um <laughs> he was just like standing there and he had the shades on and you know he had his whole artillery thing that he did with the uh, history tour and he just stands there for a sec three minutes probably it was a long time it was at least two and then he just flips up his hands and slowly takes off his shades folds them, and then bam, the music starts. And everyone's like, oh my god, <laughs> this is incredible. And um, that was a really good one. But my number one overall has to be 2007 Prince. Easy for Ooh. me. That is an easy one for me. Um, that show, and I watch it all the time, unlike anything, uh, unlike any other Super Bowl halftime show. I mean, you could give me an argument for Michael Jackson, but I think I think Prince would be the best one. Um, Oh man, just what he, he started it out, and uh, do you know anything about Prince? Not a whole lot. Okay, you got to watch that one too. And he was like, you know, the minute you know the minute started out, and his logo, he was on the stage. His logo was the stage, and it like lit up in purple, right? Outlined in purple because that's his color, obviously. And then it just starts off, dearly beloved, and everyone's like, oh my god! <laughs> and then at the end, at the end, of course, um, Purple Rain, obviously, I, you know that song, right? Mm-hmm. You know Purple Rain? Cool. Yeah, I've heard no. it, actually. Yeah, it's uh, an eight-minute eight epic. Don't at me. It's, and so it it's was, a good one, though. Oh, yeah. And if it's going to be long, it's got to be like, good, and that's good. And he's good. like, I only want to see you. See you laughing. He's like, can I play this guitar? And everyone's like, <laughs> play the guitar. And it's like, oh, it's great. It is so awesome. And then the big, the big, huge, like, uh, what do you want to call it? I don't want to call it a sheet, but, like, the big, like, the big, huge thing that, like, everyone that's seen it knows what I'm talking about, like, the, the floppy you know, fabric thing that comes in front of him and like it shines a light underneath him so it makes him look like he's 20 feet tall and he's shredding the guitar behind this thing and everyone's like, oh my God. And it's not to mention, it was raining. It was in Miami, right? It was in Miami and um, the it was raining and anybody that's seen the NFL documentary knows what I'm about to say, but they asked him, they called him up that day and they're like, hey, we want to let you know that it's raining and it was really slippery on that stage. And he, he comes back and he goes, great, can you make it rain harder? And everyone was like, <laughs> ah, this is too good. They were like, this is the bee's knees right here. That's what's up. And not to mention, you know, and he also started out with, uh, really before he started out with um, his first song, he uh, kind of did a little tease, I guess you could say, of We Will Rock You, um, Queen. And then he also oh, did, good. you know, The Best of You, uh, which is such a good song. I mean, he, I mean, he is just... Was some good oh, songs, it was man. such a good It's such a good performance. And they, I'll tell you what, they don't make them like that anymore. But where would you... Real quick, because we got some time left. Where would you grade this halftime performance this year? This year? Oh. Yeah. Since we're grading everybody else on the Super Bowl scale. Oh, I have no idea. That was pretty rough. It's called the screen, by the way. 
It's called the screen. It's not a sheet thing. I couldn't think of the name. The screen, or it flares up in front of. Them. Anyways, continue. That was pretty bad. It was pretty awful. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'll tell you this: the first, bad. the first two minutes, when the fireworks started, I'm, I'm fireworks started popping here. off, and he starts. Adam Levine started to sing his first song, and then he was like. Can I play this guitar? And I was like, Oh, we're gonna get. I was like, we're, I was like, I didn't have much faith in these guys. But I was like, maybe they'll pull something off here. And then it went downhill from there. And then the last thirty seconds, again with the fireworks, uh, was okay. Other than that, I was, I was uh, disappointed, very disappointed. And not to mention the sweet victory uh, tease with SpongeBob. <laughs> oh, that was messed up. Yeah, SpongeBob. Which I, you know, what? I'm not the, I'm not the. I, Thank I, you, I, stars, for coming I'm not out gonna, and yeah, playing I'm, that. By the way, that, right? And they, they they're viral. <laughs> they they're right. viral because of that. I'm not gonna get too up in arms about it, um, because that stuff just doesn't get on my skin like that. But it was kind of disappointing. But I don't mind. I, I get that's something I would have done was mer- with was mix it with sicko mode. I would have done something like that. So I get why they did it. However, it just seemed like there were so many things just wrong about that performance. <laughs> As, I, I don't want to say it any other way. And it was just a big jumble mess. And it felt like at one point, did you see the point where Adam Levine took his shirt off? Yeah, I did. it just seemed like it, it seemed, seemed like, like that it seemed like, like a, at that point he was like, "Forget this." He was like, "No one's interested." He was like, "I don't know what to do." And then he just had a brilliant idea. He was like, "What if I took my shirt off?" And he and he did. And I mean, I don't know how much it helped, but he was like, "That was like his like Whatever. go-to thing." And I mean, it was just a mess. But it, how would you grade it? Oh, a D. I can't grade it an F because an F that, to me would be would like an off. F to me would be like the. The Black Eyed Peas, which, okay, if anybody actually likes that, I dare you to try to debate with me on that, because first of all, half their light show went out, okay? They can't sing worth a you-know-what. Great, you know, Will I Am's a great producer, but, man, they're, they have a hard, let's just say they have a struggle live, okay? They have a hard <laughs> time live, and, yeah, that, that's where that was. I, that's probably almost an F to me. Um, but the fact that, you know, it was still choreographed, there was parts that I actually liked, so I'd still give, I'd give it a D and here's what they need to stop. Here's what they need to stop doing. They need to stop getting three different artists to play. It hasn't worked very well over the past years. They did the Coldplay, Beyonce, Bruno Mars thing. And I didn't think that worked very well. I think it always works great with one solo artist. As you see, everybody I named off was one solo artist, Lady Gaga, Michael Jackson, Prince all by themselves. That's all. I I think, I think that's where the NFL needs to go. Um, I cannot believe we just had a 20-minute conversation about this, but that it needed to happen because the Super Bowl halftime show, not to mention the crappy commercials, but the Super Bowl halftime show is a big part of the American tradition here. And I was really disappointed in the commercials too. Oh yeah, that was there was only a couple that I liked. I liked obviously the NFL 100 I years just one. Watching the commercials, the I NFL 100 years halftime. one. Did you see that one? The NFL 100 years. Yeah, that they had was all the players. One. That was a good one. If anything, and lot, that was probably the one that of, started. Yeah, a lot of people uh, didn't like these, but I thought the T-Mobile commercials with the texting thing, the misread, <laughs> okay, like that was mis- pretty funny. The misunderstood text messaging. I thought that was actually pretty funny. Everyone was like, "You could get that online. You could just read any meme." And I was like, "Sure, okay." <laughs> but I was like, "I'm getting it right here." I'll but give no, you that. To sum that Those up, two were were good, and then the T-Mobiles were funny. But man, it was. Just- and my after halftime, my last like, my gone, last huh? point about this, and we'll get out of this. My last point, um, my my honorable mention, which I think will make a lot of people happy. The Bruno, I don't know actually, because a lot, but I think I think a lot of people respect him enough. The Bruno Mars halftime show, uh, twenty that was actually a pretty good one. Twenty fourteen or fifteen, if I'm correct. That was, uh, that's my honorable mention. That is a really close spot to take over Lady Gaga. Honestly, that, that is was, right there. I'll give them that. Was that Seahawks and Patriots? I think so. Yeah. 
That was a great Super Bowl too. Yeah, and so uh, and well, a good, not to and mention a great halftime show too. But yeah, uh, Prince, rest in peace with your sheet thing that's actually called a screen. No, 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 uh, and your purple guitar. Any last words? I think I'm good. All right, the king, king of pop, and Prince, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> whatever not talking about bruce springsteen before i get out of here do you know i missed out on everyone listening on the radio i missed out on a bruce springsteen three-hour concert i i I, it was the final four in 2014 when it came to north texas and arlington um what happened was fun was playing pat green was pat green we stayed for pat green and then fun played you know fun fun played you know uh tonight we are young you know that song okay fun played and then three hours long set from bruce springsteen and i left I left before it even started, so I don't. I I can't. I can't wait for everyone to hear that. Um, man, that's my secret. I left for a Bruce Springsteen's concert. All right, getting out of the segment now. We had too much fun with this. That was a great one, Micah. Time continues to fly. Huh? Say what? Time just continues to fly. Absolutely, absolutely. It's already nine twenty. Up next, we are going to get into kind of keeping on the greatest of, but I want to know who is better now, Michael Jordan or Tom Brady. I don't know what you got to take on this. I have been pretty much disagreeing with everybody on this one. That's coming up here on the hot seat. You're listening to UTARadio.com. Welcome back to the hot seat here on UTARadio.com, iHeartRadio, Radio FX, and Facebook Live. We just got a little breaking news, Creighton. I meant you're wrong. Wrong about what? About everything about the Mavericks. About everything. Well, yeah, I was wrong. And their trading aspirations and their ability to trade. True. Yeah. You jumped the gun too early. Anyways. I like this trade that we Funny just story made. real quick before we get into this next segment because we really got to get into it. Uh, during the break, a couple of breaks ago, Bob Barker was here. Uh, he mentioned the possibility of Zach Randolph <laughs> coming to the Mavericks for a trade. Uh, not with uh, Harrison Barnes, but... Uh, who, oh, you know, it was, um, who was it? Oh, Dwight Powell. Correct. And uh, literally and during the break, actually still as Harrison Barnes is playing the fourth quarter, hate to break the news to you, Harrison, you have been traded <laughs> to Memphis. No, the Kings. Or, yeah, I was going to let you. I don't know why. Man, I was, I was going to. he used to play for Memphis. Who? Zach Randolph. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, but now he plays for, you know, he's in, he's in Sacramento. So, yeah. yeah. So Harrison Barnes, goodbye. Another one we needed off goodbye. our books. You were no good. Uh, he no he was he, way better than Wesley Matthews. Well, that's true. I'll least. give him that. But he is not. He's not anything we need. I don't think he was a max contract. He's though. he's not anything that we need. He and was so, a quality defender, but he was not a max contract. What? He was not the max that we gave, which was eighty million. I think he was a max, right? At least at the time, it was a max. Yeah, it was thief. Him and Wesley, but they're gone now. They're in Sacramento. Have fun. Hey, have fun in the desert of California. Us, though, that's salary dump. So uh, that's good. That's what Parker said. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's what we need. We need salary because our salary was atrocious. It was awful with the players we had. So yeah. So uh, we have, we now have Zach Randolph as a Maverick, as well as Justin Jackson and Harrison Barnes is now going to the Kings. Just a little update there. Is it just Harrison Barnes? Yeah. Okay. There you go. No first round picks for you. So. Uh, <laughs> Getting into the segment, Micah, kind of keeping it the greatest of, but it's a debate that needs to happen. After Tom Brady's sixth Super Bowl win, whether you think you and Parker think that it's worthy or not, 
I will ever have to protect that man, Whoa, Tom okay. Brady, on the air. Before um, you start accusing me, okay, I've got something to say. Hold on, I'm not no, done yet. Oh. No, no, it's about earlier in the season. Hurry when up. I had said that Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, we were wrong. wrong. You were wrong. We, we established wrong. that four times now, and so correct. But I think you're right. When I think he's better than Michael Jordan. Wait, I didn't introduce it. Hold on. So Tom Brady won his six Go six ahead. rings. Go for it. Michael Jordan went six and zero, oh, six for six for six. Six MVPs in the finals, six for six in the finals on rings. So we already know your 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 uh, take on this. Uh, go ahead and reiterate it. But who is the greatest of all time? I'm gonna have to say Tom Brady, and I don't think it's a discussion. Like Michael, Mike, well, Woo. it is a discussion. But Mike, Michael Jordan did great, and I'm not trying to deny that. But in an era where it's so difficult to create a dynasty, especially in the, the way the NFL is set up to where to try and avoid that, I mean, how can you deny it? Nine Super Bowls appearances, six Super Bowl titles, and three Super Bowl MVPs, or is it four? Four. It's four. Okay. Are you talking about? Are you talking about? Wait, wait. Are you talking about for Tom Brady? Super Bowl MVPs or regular? Super Bowl MVPs. Four. It's four. Okay. Yeah. What more can you want from a dude? He's yeah. done it all. Um, I mean, yeah, he didn't play his greatest game on Sunday, but he still showed up in the fourth quarter when it mattered in the biggest moment. Why didn't you say game. that when he was here then, Parker? I did. You completely eradicated. No, you didn't say that. I said he showed up in the fourth quarter. You said quarter. he showed up. Did you? Yes, you I said also, he showed no, up. You mentioned, no, no, no. What, you, no. what y'all both said was that, hey, they didn't have, he didn't have a good game. Correct. And he didn't have a good game. Anybody could have beat these Patriots. Hey, and that was him. What? That was him. You agreed. You were sitting right there saying, that's a fair point. That's true. That's a fair so you're point. Gonna, so you're going to talk about Tom Brady in a, in, a, in a bad light, and then you're going to come over here and say he's good. I never. Okay. Whatever. Uh, you never what? I said he showed up in the fourth quarter, though. Yes, as a whole, it was not a great game. But. In the fourth quarter, he still showed the pick up. Your ta- the he pick your arguments up. where they lie. That's all I got to say. So, okay. Okay. All right. I'm, just say- I'm not saying it was a great performance. I never said that. I'm saying in- when it mattered most, he made the plays he had to. That is my point. You literally he- said that. <laughs> he made the plays he had to. I said that and I got completely crucified for it. Y'all attacked me for me saying but that. But he only had that's one good drive. That's what I'm saying. Drive. I said that, and you completely said, "Oh, that's not right, man. That's not right." So now you're we now you're talking about a whole game. Now you're agreeing with we're me. We're talking You've about a whole game. Be, you have got to be coming. I cannot stand that Tom Brady <laughs> argument on any of these shows. Oh my gosh! Let me give you my point. God, that makes me so mad. Ah! <laughs> and listen, if you ask me who who I will I will get to you here in a second. Ah. If you ask me who the greatest of all time is, I was going to tell you Michael Jordan until Sunday. It is now Tom Brady because here's the thing. A couple things. One, Tom Brady, I mean, Michael Jordan gets the luxury of a team having to beat him four times in a seven-game series to win the chip. With Tom Brady, as we mentioned about with other, with other um, sports, it's a one-winner-takes-all, you know, winner takes all, one game. So you have a bad game, as we saw um, last year. The, the defense had a terrible game. And now, granted, the Eagles are really good, but defense doesn't have a really good game. And Tom Brady, Tom Brady lost. Had to play his best game, and he still couldn't come. Don't off. talk about Tom Brady in a great light when you're going to sit over there and say, "Yeah." Anyways, 
Tom Brady, Tom Brady um, does not have that luxury. Two, I don't care what you say. He's not playing with the greatest players ever. They're not, they're not, you know, they're not that great. Hightower's great. Rob was great. Okay. Tony Michel is a really good running back, but I can name a lot. I mean, the fact that he's only, a, you know, top 15, he's probably 15. If that, you know, he, he, he is a very great asset for them, but it's not like he's knocking your socks off like a Saquon Barkley. Okay. You have that. And you have to coach against Bill Belichick, who, by the way, wanted Jimmy G on the team and wanted to trade Tom Brady away. So you got to get away all of that, too. What Tom Brady has done with six Super Bowls in nine appearances is unlike anything I think we're ever going to see again besides Trevor Lawrence, unlike anything we've ever, you know, we've ever seen, obviously, and what we might never see again. Um, and I think everyone started to realize it after the game when you saw the uh, all the camera people starting to completely crowd him it's unlike anything you've seen before you know how many people are actually in that huddle you've never seen usually there's no issue with like pushing and shoving and, and everything trying to get the but media I think, person to get I questions think, yeah exactly you that never was, you've never seen a media insane. person have that much issue i think the issue was that was that they finally we all especially tom and you started in this press conference i think we all realized kind of exactly what just happened um ah he won 13 to 3 i don't care what you say he won his sixth Super Bowl. And I think it all kind of sunk in right after. It was like, holy cow. That just happened. Like, we were looking at probably the greatest player ever so far. Like, playing right now. And I think all the camera people started to pick that up. And when she mentioned it to him about winning the sixth Super Bowl, he didn't have anything to say. He was just like, oh my gosh. I mean, you couldn't, because you could process, it was hard for him to process five. He could process four, three, two, and one. Five was hard because it was the comeback. But six, six Super Bowls? Holy cow. On a, and you mentioned this, which is a good point by you, that the NFL is made for parity. You know, the number one seed is going to play the hardest schedule next year. It is meant, it is designed, and we've seen it time over time. <sighs> teams do this. It is meant for teams to not fail, but have a much harder time the next season and come back to the pack. And at least not have as good as a shot they did the season before. But the Patriots have either been a top one or two seed for the past however many years. And ten, yeah, and they, you know, and and they've gone to eight, you know. I'm pretty sure they've been at least a top two seed the last eight years that they made the AFC championship. And they've been to eight straight AFC championships, <laughs> and that's crazy. They find, a, I mean, they're always double digit wins. I mean, in in and the regular the season, round pretty much. What? No, I'm saying like always oh, division. Okay. Yeah, like on the record, okay. always double digit, ten or more. Have, would you be shocked if the, if the Patriots won nine games? Yeah. yeah, nine and seven sounds awful, doesn't Honestly, it? Honestly, that would probably still win your division. It would, and you can tell me that the division's not that great. I get that, yeah. but there's been teams in the past that could have competed with those guys, and it's not just about winning your division. Winning your division's great, but not every division winner is going to be a top two seed. A couple of years ago, there was the Jets. I mean, two years ago, there was the Bills. Yeah, I mean, so, so it's not not like every it's been exactly not every division is going to you know whack. you're not you know the Cowboys won their division. They weren't a top two seed. You see what I'm saying? You don't exactly. you're not always going to win. So the fact that they're having they're able to do this put up a record to compete with these guys, um, I think is astonishing by Tom Brady, and not to mention the Kansas City win. I mean, Michael Jordan had a lot of those wins, but man, that one was really... And that's what I'm talking about, is that he finds a way to get it done. Y'all always... I don't care. It's it's not just y'all two, but it's it's a lot of people that are going to say, oh, the Saints could have beat them. And I get it. The way they played, duh, right? But look what happened. They found a way to get it done on the Kansas City game. You didn't... Do you honestly think if they scored 13 points against Kansas City, they were going to win? No. 
So they found a way to win the way they did. Patrick Mahomes. They found a way to put up the points they had to keep him off the field. That was an awesome game, by the way. Just just to throw that out there. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay. That was probably the game of the playoffs. I see. Uh, Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, But to me, Michael Jordan has always been the greatest player of all time. I think think (laughs) it's over. And it pains me to say it because Michael Jordan's one of my favorite athletes. But man, this dude, Tom Brady, you... There's just you just don't you don't bet against him, right? You just don't. Because he's gonna find a way to make you wrong every time. With the six round pick, running like a you know, a forty that I could walk faster than him. And you know, he didn't have any impressive stats coming in the combine. He was he's just he's just not that guy that you would look at and see he's just all shucks G Wiz. He's not a He's not going to come and like trash talk you on the microphone or anything like that. He's not that guy. But when he gets on the field, he's the baddest you-know-what on the planet, as he says. And that's what I think a lot of people can't stand, is that he's not like that all the time. But this dude is unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. Seriously. He's just a, he's just a winner. And that's all he is. He's can't just deny a winner. It. Can't deny it. The results are there. I mean... It's hard for me to fathom what he just did on Sunday. Seriously, I don't care who is against. If it was against, I wanted it to be against the Saints. I picked them to win against the Saints. I think they would have won that game 35-33 or 35-30. They would have put up the points they had to. Now the Saints would have had a better shot to beat them, unlike the Rams, but I think it still would have been, they still would have won. But the fact that somebody in the NFL has gone to nine Super Bowls and won six of them, that is an accomplishment unlike any other. Even though Michael Jordan went 6-0. and No. Unlike anything. I know this is a little sidetrack, but I think a lot of... I know that the defense doesn't deserve all the credit because some of the mess up was from the offense, but I I think that the defense is being so undermined. On it was this awful, game. though. It wasn't like, oh, the defense for this game? Like, yeah, for this no, game. No, it's the best defense game they've played all year. Yeah. I think and that I nobody's that, going y'all got back. all over me for it. But I think nobody's looking at what they did in this game. And I think that's something not a lot of people are taking into account. They're just saying, oh, the offensive both sucked. Jerry Goff sucked. Or Tom Brady didn't play as great like he has don't all act, season. Don't act like, oh, my gosh, don't say that. Like, oh, Tom Brady didn't play as great. When you're sitting over there killing the man because he didn't play 500 yards great. I'm over here saying the one he, that he's the one that made the play, and you're over there saying, hey, he wasn't that good. And that team is... You know, carried him and things like that. You didn't say that. You didn't say that, but you know, but but what? For lack of a better word, that the defense carried both teams really in this game. Man, he just made the play when it counted, and I don't see why that's such a. Why does he got to put up 500 yards a game? He doesn't. 262 got the 262 get it done. Occasionally, the The, defense has to show up. And the fact that he's playing with such a crappy defense over the season and still found a way in the top two seed. Beating a great Kansas City team with a Patrick Mahomes that is tied for second in overall touchdowns this year. As a second-year player, almost a unanimous, unanimous MVP, he beat him. He beat a very hard defense in San Diego, made a full out of them on the offensive Diego, side. And a lot of those people picked San Diego to go to the Super let's Bowl. Let's remember that that San Diego team is also tied with the best record in the AFC. There too. you go. So you See? beat basically the two best teams in the AFC. So now you're saying Tom Brady's all that is great. Well, yeah, in the first two rounds, he was that great. Oh, so now, so, so, so. I was never denying those first two games. The Super Bowl, he, the first three quarters, it was not great. The first, the fourth quarter, he showed up. Man. Which should be expected. 
Well, Tom Brady protector on the show. That's all I gotta say. I am going to stick with my, my. Uh, I mean, you can't I'm, deny that he what? wasn't that good no, in the first three the, quarters. No, he, was he was he all time great? Obviously not. But no. what I'm telling you is, you don't have to have an all time great performance every time you go out. Correct. You, the and thing it was with proven him, on Sunday. Did Jared Goff do what he did to, to win? Did he did he do what he needed to do to win? No. no. Did Pat Mahomes do what he needed to do to win? No. No. Did Drew Brees do what he needed to do to win? No. No. Who did? Forget the call. Who won? The other team, the Rams. Huh? And, well, against the Saints. No, no. Who won the whole thing? Oh, the Patriots. Because what did Tom Brady do? He showed up when it counted. He needed to do what he needed to do, and that's all that matters to me. If you show up in the big moments, that's what matters. You, you win, you put, win. You lose, you lose. We got to get out of segment that, because we are... Easy, what? Is that the easiest way to put it? You won, so you won. If you lost, you lost. Sure. Sure, if that's how you say it. Oh, sum it up. Man. I'm gonna have to we're we're gonna talk more about this later because not not tonight, but man, I'm not over this one because you guys and Tom Brady just, just ugh, make me so irritated. That's all the time we have for this this segment here on the hot seat, making me jump my words here, Micah. Up next, we're staying on the basketball side, getting into the AD trade. Juicy things are happening. Will it happen? Oof. Will it not happen? I want to get your takes, Micah. That is coming up here on the hot seat. You're listening to UTARadio.com. I don't wanna die for them to miss me. Welcome back. Yes, I see the to the hot seat here on utaradio.com iHeartRadio, radio fx and as always streaming live on facebook live check out micah cole the tom brady hater for the facebook live stream don't throw your hands up at me don't do that because you're talking about sides of your mouth whatever move on I'm gonna take I'm gonna take all the flack I can for Tom Brady because of people like you. I'm I'm gonna protect him. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> Laugh a little bit. Oh. oh my gosh. Okay. Sticking to basketball here on the hot seat. Anthony Davis, rumored to go to L.A. for the kitchen sink. Um, the Pelicans have offered. I mean, have <laughs> asked actually for a lot of players. Between Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, at the one point, I mean, at this last trade, it was four first-round picks and possibly some second-rounders. Uh, that is a lot. That is a lot, a lot. So, Micah, my question to you about this is, we, we, we've touched on this a little bit, but now that it's getting really into it now, I, I want to know your thoughts. So, are the Pelicans asking too much is my first question. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> Is that even a question? I think they're asking for an unreasonable expectation. Like as far as a trade goes, like, really? I mean, really? I mean, I get he's a outstanding player that not questioning that, but really? My thing is, is that I'll play devil's advocate real quick here is, um, that is their franchise player. So wouldn't they want to get almost everything they can? Is it still outrageous? I'm not saying that I agree. I I'm just asking. I'm outrageous. just trying to get your... I mean, I get that he's going to need... You're going to need a lot to move him. I mean, that's expected of a, stud, of a stud player like Anthony Davis. But, man, you're literally asking for an entire franchise. You're asking for almost the whole starting five. Pretty much. Except for LeBron. So do I think that the Pelicans are asking too much? Uh... That's tough for Is me. Is it really actually. worth it for the Lakers though? Well, to, I'll to give you I'll that. give I'll give you that here in a second. Um 
do I think the Pelicans are asking too much? That that one's tough for me. Now on 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 surface they might be, but think about who they're giving up. This is AD. I mean, you think everyone thinks he's like well, mostly everyone. I don't want to lump everyone. Thinks he's like how old do you think he is? Think twenty four. Okay, see that's what. Okay, so see you know, but like most people think he's like thirty because it feels like he's been playing in the league forever. The dude came in at eighteen. He only played for hasn't like seven. Been that long, he's only played for seven years, and he's quietly averaging what? I mean, almost thirty points a game and almost fifteen rebounds. How is he if so not. off the radar? And the I mean, thing because of where he's at, because that he's because but he's in New Orleans. Team, that's the thing. That's and sad. so he was not named to the All Star team because of that reason. That's dumb. And so just I just wanted. He's to, literally one of the best players in the, the league best, right he's now. He's probably the best big man in the game. As of now, I mean, Demarcus Cousins coming off his injury obviously isn't anymore, but Anthony Davis is right there, and that's their franchise player. And I just kind of wanted to give you, or everyone listening, um, kind of where he is, how good he is, but he's not getting any recognition because he's in New Orleans. So I get why they're asking this much. Um, now my my next question to you, I th- I don't think they're asking to answer that question directly. I don't think they're asking too much. I just, I just think that, I just don't think they're being. I think they're asking, but they're not really engaging. You know what I'm saying? And so, I think they're doing whatever it takes for LA. Just say never mind, forget about it. But the next question I just to think you, that, does, I think part of it has to do with they're just not interested in trading them, right? And they're going to try to fix yes, it. So and can they? I don't know. Well, here's my thing. There's my next question: Is does this trade get done now before the end of the week by the trade deadline? I'm going to put this two ways. Should it? I think so. Okay. Will it? Probably not. Ooh. Will it? Magic Johnson's done good so far. This yeah, one this one seems... Now, it's not over if they don't get him by the trade deadline. No. It definitely hurts. I, I think, think it hurts. This season it might be in jeopardy, but... Well, here's is the, it really... Uh, I gotta it's not the jeopardy. Question. No. Is it, is it like really... Me worth trading that much i know he's that great but i mean isn't his contract expiring like next year or this year yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna throw an app well here i'm gonna throw some on that one yeah here's the thing i'm gonna throw to you this is why new orleans this is why new orleans is trying to make it to the offseason okay so with anthony davis is the contract issue right it ends up, and I was talking about how when it ends up, Clay Thompson's going to be a free agent too, and that could attract. Well, here's the thing: not this year, if he signs back with New Orleans, but the year after this one, if if he signs an extension kind of thing, he he will be set up to become the first player to get a three hundred million dollar deal. Now the Pelicans are thinking: Are you really going to walk away from all that money? Now some players can walk away from one hundred and fifty to one hundred seventy dollars. I mean, seventy million dollars. But come on, three hundred million dollars. That's, I mean, that, that sets up not just you. If you have kids, it's going to set them up, and probably the kids after them. That's a lot of money. So the Pelicans are seeing this as, we'll see if you're all about winning championships, or are you really going to turn down? Because if he does turn that down and goes to the Lakers in the offseason, he's giving up, over the next four years, he's giving up at least $100 million. And that's, that's you can't get that back. $50 million, you can probably get back. Well, it just depends $30 million. on what your priorities are. That's what I'm telling you. So... That's what I'm telling you. So I think they're really. I think we're going to see a lot about AD. Do you want to win, or do you want to set your family up for basically your whole lifetime and theirs too? Because that is a lot of money, and the Pelicans think that they can lure him back. I think he's out of there regardless. I think there's this one. This is one of those situations where you cut your losses because you're not getting enough respect as a player. 
And for as great as he is, he deserves uh, yeah, better. And he deserves better. A hundred million dollars is a lot of money, but what's the point if you're not happy? And he's not he's obviously not happy there. And he wants to be in LA. And do I think the trade gets done? I don't want to say it does. So I'm gonna say no because I just think that I think the Lakers are gonna be like, I'm not giving all this up. We'll just worry about him in the offseason. He wants he said he wants to be a Laker. Now I think that list he gave everybody about long term signing just crap. is just is just a lie. I think it's a lie because I think, I think he's just trying to get out of there. And once he does get out of there, he's free to do whatever he wants. He can resign. But that's the thing. If he and wants not, to just get out of there and finish the season somewhere else, then go wherever he wants. Why does it matter where he goes? Because they'll only trade with certain people. You know, they're not going to trade the Knicks. I mean, they're not going to trade with the. That's a bad one because the Knicks are. Like I mean, Boston they won't. Or, but, uh, yeah, exactly. He's going to give. He's going to give them people like teams that are willing to trade, and yeah. they would give something back. That way, it would get done. You know, that's that's the issue with the Lakers. They don't want these players. I think. I mean, with um, the Pelicans, they don't want the Lakers players. And so I think I think that if I'm the Lakers, I say, for Magic Johnson, I don't think it's a bust if you don't trade right now. Granted, you're not going to win. No one's going to win this NBA Finals except for the Warriors. They're <laughs> averaging 128 points a game right now with Boogie. He's looking better than he has in probably the past, last five years. Something about that team just is insane. Um, Dude, the fact no that they're able to plug... I'm just going to tell you yeah. right now, there's no, there's no stopping the No, Warriors. the fact that there's they're no able stopping. to plug in just players and have them play the best <laughs> they've ever played in their career is incredible to me. And so you're not JaVale beating them. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you get. You're not beating them even with AD Zaza this year. Zaza Paculia. Uh-huh. Zaza Paculia. JaVale McGee. Zaza Paculia. Paculia. What? It's Paculia. Paculia. Whatever. Anyways. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out later. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Ha. But no, I think the Lakers are going to eventually say, you know, we don't need to give up all these players. He's going to want to be here. We'll go get him later. And then we can get rid of some of our guys, get another max contract. And then get Clay Thompson. We don't need to give up all our first first uh, rounders and second rounders and our players. But my my thing is with the Lakers, though, they do want to get this trade. This is your future. It's not like Anthony Davis is thirty years old. He's he's barely twenty six, I think, at this point. Are are those fourth you know those fourth first round picks really that? I mean, like, how much are they really gonna? Because he's gonna be around the league for at least 13, 14 years. If he's as good as he is, which he is, he is one of the best big men. Are those are those first round picks really gonna hurt you? Because this is your future. So you're either betting on the future as the first rounders or you're betting on AD as your future. And I would pick AD well, at this AD, point. You already know what you're getting. And LeBron, yeah, exactly. And LeBron's only going to play so many more years, four or five years, depending on if he plays LeBron or not. And so if, if I'm them, I'd be like, hey, this is our future. Let's just go for it. Um, I'd say I, 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 I would give you, I'd give you like one or two players. I'm not giving you everybody like they want. So I'd say no to that, but I'll give you first four, I'll give you four first rounders, and I'd give you. I'll give you Kuzma and Ingram picks? just because I'm a Zo guy. First yeah. round picks. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because I'm a Zo guy, so I want him to stay there. But no, any last points before we go? We gotta get out of here. That's good. I mean, Let's it'll be interesting. I, thank you. Uh, that <laughs> that is a pick'em. This AD will AD <laughs> go to Los Angeles? Los Angeles by the end of the week? I say no. You say no. But yes, pick'ems are coming up on the hot seat after this commercial break. You're listening to UTARadio.com. Welcome back. To the hot seat here on utaradio.com, iHeartRadio, Radio FX, and Facebook Live. It's the, uh, oh, wait, wait, introduce our names first, then I'll tell you. I'm Micah Cole, Cole, alongside the Birdman Creighton Branch. It's the hot seat over here. It's the, the Tom Brady hate show on the left over there. That's what you are. This whole little section you have on your left between this desk that sits by me and that that's all you that's all tom brady hate okay. over here is, is is pro tom brady the hot seat the real so when you're ready to come back to the show 
please do. I'm on the show right now. I don't think I'm ever going to get over that. We'll, we'll keep debating, but as always in the last segment of the hot seat, we're getting right into it. Pickums. Some people are going to be very happy that we're starting off with this one as I have been hammered and hammered and hammered and hammered to talk about these guys for all year long. The stars... <laughs> Makes me laugh every time I say that name. The stars versus the National Predators. Micah, who do you have? I mean, the stars are on a roll right now. Why not keep it going? I'll take the stars on this one. Stars are flying hot right now. Um, they've had some up and downs this season, but they're 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 on a good roll right now. I also will pick them. I think I think they've found something over the past couple of games. I like the stars. And a funny little fact about this: this is the first season that they beat Nashville twice in Nashville already since 2010, and the same season twice in that? the same season in Nashville. How so about that? That's pretty crazy. Maybe we'll make it three. That's right. That'd be something, especially a really good team like Nashville. For it's, the what? Especially a really good oh, team like Nashville. Yeah, Nashville's a great team. I like, a, I like that Nashville they'll team. They'll be a contender this year again. Nashville? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I was about to say, yeah. Yeah, uh, Nashville will. I doubt the Stars will be there. <laughs> I mean, we'll probably make the playoffs at this rate. But well, yeah, we've, think we'll we've, get made, anywhere. Uh, we've made the playoffs multiple times, Micah. <laughs> even if we make the playoffs, we're probably going to have to play Nashville. And do you really think we'll win four out of seven when it comes down to it? I don't think. I just I just don't think we're good enough to win almost anything. And even if you can we come did and... escape Nashville, that means you're a wild card. Yeah, these. And uh, you're telling me you can beat one of these top two teams in the conference? The Stars are really good at manipulating people to think they're actually good, better than they are. And they're not. I think they're a decent regular season team. But That's it. If that, sometimes. If that. Sometimes they're, they're, very, they're very streaky. Oh, yeah. That's one of the That's the issue that with have. them. They just can't. They have the talent, but they can never, ever figure it out. Right. They just can't figure it out. And they keep bringing back the same team and expecting different results. That's so annoying. So, like, that's, that's so does that's the like, fan base, by the way, is, thinks the same way. Actually, you know who you are. Uh, <laughs> thinks thinks the same way as in the sense of they bring the players back and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna have this great season." No, get over a, that. Let's say the last seven years we made it to the playoffs twice with this same team. Yeah, and we've—I could say one we've, of those years I, we were one. I know we that blew that. Offense. That we blew that. Yeah, we really did against the Blues. Yeah, <laughs> especially we blew ev- Yeah, that was awful. Yeah. Moving on forward, though, UT Arlington, the men's side. UT Arlington goes and plays Coastal Carolina on Thursday, and then follows it up against Appalachian State on Saturday. Micah, who do you have winning those games? Well, Coastal Carolina has won five straight on the guys' side, but. I think, and they actually haven't lost since they played us, which is surprising. They, huh. We beat them on their home court, and then they haven't lost since. And that was at the buzzer, I might add. But I think UTA will take care of business. They'll get the win. They'll move to 11 and 12, 7 and 3 in conference. That's Georgia pretty State good. actually just lost. Was so it? that opens the door to tie for first if you win the game. I'm trying not to freak out. Keep so, going. There you go. <laughs> so Appalachian uh, State? Oh, sorry, we're doing both games. Yeah, we're just going to go uh, and do both. Uh, you shouldn't have a problem. They're bottom of the conference. I think we'll take care of business. Just got to keep playing high-quality defense, and just that's that's your game. That's your game. Yeah, I'm looking for Brian Warren to have a big um, follow-up game to his 30 points. I don't know if he will. Could I tell you if I'm confident in that? I'm not, but I'm looking for he's it. He's very, very inconsistent. Uh, oh, he so is. He so like, is. Literally against Texas, he's had 23 ever since he's been – like 10 points or less. Yeah. And then 
randomly against Texas State. He has 30 points. And so, uh, and Edric Dennis has yeah, probably been our most that's, consistent that's offensive player. That's what I was going to say. Is like, I want to see Edric Dennis get some more points uh, coming up. He's been, he's, I mean, it's like he's been non-existent. I just want him to score what he's been scoring. 25 is great for him. A great number for him that helps our team win a lot. So I think they're going to have... Honestly, I, mean, I don't think they're going to have any issue with either of these teams. I think they're going to find I'll a way... I'll take 15 to 20 if Edric Dennis can pitch in another 15. Oh, heck yeah. Seriously, I mean, then you're looking really good. That huh? that that's okay with me too. I think I think this. I think the first game they win this game by maybe six or seven. I think it'll be close to the Appalachian State game. I think will be ten plus. I don't think they'll have an issue. And they'll come yeah, back. And they on, even took them out on the road by ten. Right, so, and they'll well, come back. Come they'll back come back, here, back home, and they need to take care of their business here because those are going to be two big wins that they get them. And if they can come back here, they get Coastal Carolina, exactly. who's in the race for a top four seed. Right, right? and huh. if they can take those two guys out and come back <clears> and win possibly two more, we're pretty much on easy street to get top four. At that and point, kind of. We have one of the easier schedules left. Exactly. We've, we've played most of the tough teams. We played Georgia State twice. We played Georgia Southern twice. We already played Texas State once, so we only have to play them one more time. So you already got the, the tough guys out of the way. And we know what we're getting with the girls, but is it any different? Who are you picking against yep. Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State, the UTA, I, the girls, did the Lady Mavs fall at any of these games? I, I don't see them having a problem. I, issue. I yeah. mean, the only way I could see them losing these two games is if they lose. It just. They're in their own way. Yeah, that's the only way I can see them losing. Really, um, that's yeah. Like if they get way, if they get in fine. their way, if they get in their way, absolutely. Uh, that's about it. This team is very hard to beat, and they and here's the scary thing: they figured out how to play defense, man. They have completely, and they can score just as easy too. And it's, they score in spurts, as we always say. They they are they're one of the, they're one of the fastest teams I've seen in the Sun Belt this year, if not the fastest team defensively too. Oh yeah, or I mean those guys. Specific. I mean those girls are so hard to keep up with because they're just moving, 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 moving. Uh, Krista Gerlich has a great team, a great game plan. She's a fantastic technical coach. She knows the ins and outs of basketballs. I totally respect her. And I still hate that they lost to Arkansas. That was I know they should they shouldn't have, but they did, and it's okay. And I don't hey, think the, you know what it could be for the better in the long run. Yeah, and I don't think well, yeah, you're right. I don't think they'll have any issue with the two teams this week, and I think they'll come back and they're going to lock up the seed pretty fast, honestly, within being within that four range. I mean, the one seed is not is well within sight. It's it really not, is, it's honestly. Not, it's not, it's not out of the question. I think the top was eight and two, and we were eight and three. That's pretty good. Or eight and one and eight and two, something like it that. It is safe to say that these Mavericks, at least the guys, have definitely exceeded our expectations this year. Especially Absolutely. the guys. Especially and the guys. Here it is the update Arkansas Little Rock, 12 and eight, eight and one in conference, number one. And then UTA, 16 and five, eight and two in conference. So tie for first. So we're actually in second by, by ourselves. game, technically. We're by ourselves. Yeah, we're by ourselves in second. I'll take that. Last up, the Mavericks are going up. No, they're staying here. Milwaukee is playing them. Yeah, we already played in Milwaukee. What? That was the triple-double game, actually, at Milwaukee. Yeah, we played in Milwaukee. Yeah, uh, good job, Doncic. Uh, but they're coming back here to take avenge. Micah, who wins this game? Why last, not? Last I'll point. take the win. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Against the number one seed. Why not? We've done really well at home all year. I mean, would you expect anything different? With the new players? Why Zach, not? Zach Randolph's going to have a jersey on Saturday. <laughs> I feel pretty good. I, I feel good about it. I, the game or the team? The team. Oh. Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, after you, you, just, after you, after you got not? on Facebook and said that we had a really bad trade, now you're okay. With Zach Randolph. <laughs> now we got a center. I am picking the Mavericks, too. Um, I think... I think I don't know if we're gonna be playoff bound, but this is a game we're really good at home. Uh, this is a game I think they'll win, We've especially some with really good teams. At with home some, yeah, with some with some new talent and Luca's balling out right now. Um, 
and we came, we're coming off a win tonight. So I think, I think this team has it. Uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough, but we're playing at home, which really helps. And I think, I think we'll find a way to get this one out there. Let's just throw in one more. Last Portland point. and Dallas on Sunday. That's in, a in really Dallas? good game. Yeah, it's I'm in Dallas. I'm taking Dallas. I'm I'll still picking Dallas. Dallas. Portland's, Portland's really good. Damian Lillard's having a great year again. Uh, Gotta love it. But I, I, I'm going to pick Dallas on that one, too. Dallas is just a really I, good home team. It's hard to pick against them when they're playing. At yeah, home. home is very hard to beat them. And last point. I think that's it. All right. That is all the time we have here on the hot seat. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for Parker Hillis coming into the studio today. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a blast. We'll have him back sometime. And Man, I still can't believe he predicted that. Trade. He sure did. And <laughs> it's it's official. Outstanding in the same night. Right. But as always, this is the hot seat. Every weekend, every weekday, Wednesday, every weekend. Oh, wait, you're messing me up every Wednesday from 8 PM to 10 PM. Thank you everybody for listening. Before we go off the show, I'd like to say congratulations to Tom Brady. I will protect you, Tom, until you retire. Unlike the man on my left here, who is Michael Cole. My name is Craig Branch. This is Michael Cole. You're listening to The Hot Seat. We will see you all next week. This is utaradio.com.